Well, hey, you guys. What's going on? It's kind of dark in here. Yeah, it's because we didn't turn the lights on. Oh, I thought that one was on, but I guess I forgot to turn that one on. Yeah. I turned that one on, but now yeah. it's like way too bright. Yeah. You might that wanna, should be enough right there. You might want to tone that down. You think? Yeah, turn it down. <laughs> yeah, I told well, you. Well, I think, I think <laughs> That seems better, but you come in here and see how it looks. Yeah, see, that's that looks better. Actually, this one should come on too, and damn. Are you sure? I'm I don't think we do usually put do. that one on. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. Well, okay. I know. Alright, try it. <laughs> that way we get a full. <sighs> that should be good. Hey, everybody, what's going yeah. on? Hey, Tammy. Hey, Murder Hornet. Hey, Sebastian. Uh, Murder Hornet says never buy habanero flavored Tabasco. Hot as fuck. Well, I wasn't planning on it. That sounds like more like something Tom would like. I'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, he's drinking. He's drinking the Habanero ghost, the, the ghost pepper, yeah, ghost tequila, pepper tequila. <laughs> that my brother gave yeah. me. <laughs> Mandy says, "I love the hair." Yeah, thanks. I don't usually wear this uh, this one, but I said, "Well, I have like a greenish blue dress on today, so I'm doing a whole. It's a whole vibe, like a green vibe today, you know. And it doesn't have anything to do with werewolves, but you know. Right. So here's the thing: we did a bunch of Universal monster movies, like a few months ago, right? We did Dracula, we did Spanish Dracula, we did Dracula's Daughter, we did Frankenstein, we did Bride of Frankenstein, we did Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Mummy, we did The Mummy, but we did not do The Wolfman. All right. And then I saw that The Wolfman was on Amazon Prime for free, and we were kind of sleepy last night. I'm like, hey, it's only an hour and nine minutes. Yeah, it's short. <laughs> I still fell asleep. And so I still fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. It had Bella Lugosi in it, though. It yes. In I didn't know he was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had forgotten he was in it, too. Yeah. yeah. He's not, um, he gets, well, spoiler alert for a movie that's from 1941. Um, but he's not, he's not in it a real long time because he gets killed, like, pretty early. But um, he's great in it. I, I really liked him in this. I didn't recognize in this him role. Yeah, well, I can't believe he didn't recognize that voice like as soon as he starts talking. Yeah, he had a mustache and everything. Yeah, well, played like a, I said, yeah. He played a gypsy. Well, gypsy and he was teller. he was the first werewolf. Yeah, he became the first werewolf. He was the one that made Lon Chaney yeah. into the werewolf. Right. Lon Chaney got bitten and killed it with the damn silver. Ended Cain. Yeah. Killed the wolf. So the original werewolf is dead. And then he became the new one. Yeah. And he didn't know exactly what was happening to him. But uh, I saw him transform. They did a transformation. It was a 1941 transformation. Looked like a dude in a wool suit. Wearing around <laughs> on his tiptoes. <laughs> with an afro. It's 1941. And some, fan, and some fangs. Gonna but, say, I mean, Jack Pierce did the makeup for this just yeah. like he did uh, for Frankenstein and everything like that. For the time, um, it was good. Yeah, it's good for the time, and yeah. I and I feel like it's like iconic. Yeah. Um, but well, they didn't do the thing about it. Okay, so the Wolfman, like I said, this wasn't actually Universal's first werewolf movie. Uh, that would have been, I think, Werewolf of London, which came out in 1935, which didn't really do all that well. Like it didn't make much of a splash or anything. So they had been talking about doing this one. This one, I th originally Boris Karloff was supposed to be in it because they were talking about it like back in the 30s, and then they just never got around to doing it. But it had a different script back then. So when they eventually got Lon Chaney to be in it, initially, the writer of this movie, who's um, Kurt Siadmak, he wanted the movie to remain ambiguous as to whether the guy was really turning into a werewolf or if he just thought he was turning into a werewolf. And so a lot of the movie, because there's not really a lot of werewolfery 
in this. Like Lon Chaney, like when he first transforms into the werewolf, it's basically just his feet. You just see his feet, and then, like, they kind of show him, like, running around in the woods and stuff. But they only do, the only transformation, transformation they do, other than the feet, is at the end, after, spoiler alert, he gets killed, um, and then he turns back into a person. Um, and they did it with lap dissolves, like, they did everything back then. So, it's bas- it's basically, like, stop-motion animation. Like, they would do the makeup and then film a few frames and then you know, put a little more makeup on and film a few frames and shit like that and just, like, run it in reverse. Yeah, I fell asleep in, like, the last 20 minutes. I missed it. Um, not into any fault of the movie. The movie is kind of relaxing. I was fucking tired. Yeah. And I was trying to fight it. My eyes were fucking... <laughs> and then I'm, like, watching it and I hear... Yeah, yeah I started sleeping. And I was fucking... Then I tried to make myself up. So what happened? And I said, fucking, I can't keep... And it was over, like, when you woke up. Because, yeah, like yeah. I said, it's pretty short. I'll, I'll watch it again. It, it's... There were some things about the movie that stood out. As I've never seen it, I had never seen this movie before. I saw it, but a very long time ago. Maybe I saw it when I was a little kid and and forgot about it. Um, a lot of it, the interiors looked like it was shot in location uh, in a really nice, fucking old school buildings like shit from the eighteen hundreds. It looked like it looked. They would look like it was real locations a lot of places. I kind of wonder. Well, because all the exteriors. Like the, a lot of the exteriors were done in the Universal backlot, like yeah. the European Village set yeah, yeah. that they always redress. I'm not sure about the interiors. Though. The interiors look like big mansions. Yeah. Um, another thing that I noticed about it is that for four, 1941, the casting isn't real stereotypical for 41. Usually in 41, if you're going to have like a leading man. He's actually kind of a sappy fucking pretty boy, really. Or they they were all kind of bland, bland I thought. Bland, yeah. But like just a blonde, all-American. I got a hand at the Lon Chaney. He had a little bit of grit to him. He he seemed a little bit threatening even before he was a, a vampire. Oh, we'll get into that. He, he seemed, or a werewolf, you mean, yeah. Yeah, before, even before he became a werewolf. We'll get into that a little bit. You, he, he, he seems fucking lecherous, like, and he seems like slightly like a bad guy. A bad guy who's kind of passing himself off as a good guy, and he did, he had a rough look to him. He, he yeah. looks tough, especially for forty one. So that was. Is someone knocking at the front door? Was that a cat trying to get into the cupboards? Oh, I don't know. I hear somebody knocking yeah. as though someone's I'm not knocking at the front door. <laughs> I'm not going to check. I mean, we have a doorbell, right? Yeah, we have a doorbell. So. I think that was a cat trying to open a cupboard. Now they, they oh yeah maybe boom, 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 boom. Yeah. they try to open up a, a cabinet. Maybe that's what it that's is. What it sounded like. Either that or it's somebody outside. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, there's nobody out there. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty weird. A mo, this neighbor working on his fucking vehicle. Oh okay. That's what it is. Yeah, because I was like, I couldn't tell where it was coming from. I'm like, wow, that's really loud. No, it's right over there. It's oh, he's just out on his driveway. Okay. Yeah. Well, that explains it. Never mind. I thought somebody was banging on our door. Yeah, it sounded like it was reason. coming from in here, but it's not. But, um, but yeah, well, here, okay, the thing about this, Lon Chaney, I mean, obviously this is Lon Chaney Jr., uh, Lon Chaney Sr. was, you know, Phantom of the Opera and all that. Um, I, you know what, I think that I knew this fact, but I had forgotten it until I was watching a documentary about this earlier today. Thank you, Jeffy Art. Just chilling and making salad. (laughs) We're just chilling and talking about the Wolfman and having some vodka, or tequila in Don's case. Yeah. Um, but... His name is not Lon Chaney Jr. His name is Creighton Chaney. Mm. But the studio said, hey, once his dad had passed away, sadly, right. um, they're like, well, now you have to be Lon Chaney. <laughs> so well, they made good. him change his name. 
Yeah, it was show business. Right, exactly. Yeah. The, you know what? Okay, so I had forgotten too that Lon Chaney. Most of them had fake names too. They did, yeah. Most of them did. And uh, yeah, and they always kind of had. I always cracked up at how they like Americanized like yeah. a lot of the names because a lot of the actors were not Americans. A lot of them were Mexican Americans. Yeah, and they it. and they changed them yeah. to like kind of like white bread yeah. sounding yeah. names, well, which I thought was like super funny. Well, it's kind of funny they had an, they were English names. Yeah, because uh, most you know almost everybody who had had Irish. Fucking who of Irish immigration descent? She got rid of all the Mick names, Mix and Max. They got rid of. They all just yeah. took English names. That was the idea. You had to sound. You had to sound like English back in the day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you had a German name. You changed it to English. Yeah, but the um, the thing about this that kind of struck me because, like I said, I'd seen this before, but it was a really long time ago. And so Lon Chaney plays the grown son of like a lord this is supposed to take place in wales even though pretty much everybody has american accents i didn't even realize it was supposed to be wales until i looked it up later but um his dad is sir john is played by claude rains most famous for invisible man among other things claude rains was only six years older than lon cheney and I will note that Lon Chaney is about twice the size of Claude Rains. I mean, Lon Chaney was a big dude. Like, he was very tall, and he had, like, really broad shoulders. And Claude Rains was kind of more average size, like, on the smaller side. So it's like, I'm looking at him, I'm like, they look like the same age, for one thing. And Lon Chaney looks like he could bench press Claude Rains. So I was like, it, it was very weird, like, the dynamic that it was supposed to be, like, father and son. Because it almost seemed like it should have been the other way around. But... It's, but honestly, it's a testament to both of their acting that I kind of forgot about it after a while. Like, at first, I'm like, wait, that's his dad? They look like the same age. But yeah, they were almost the same age, because I did look it up. I was curious. But yeah, so the original version of this script, he wasn't actually going to turn into a wolf ever. There wasn't going to be, like, a transformation type of scene, because... Um, Kurt Siadmak wanted it to be a psychological horror film where you never found out if he was actually turning into a werewolf. Like, it's possible he was turning into a werewolf, but it's also possible that he was just thinking that he was turning into a werewolf and going out and killing people and, like, dissociating. So there's a lot. I had forgotten how much of that psychological stuff there was in this. Like, you know he's turning into a werewolf because they show it, but it's just kind of like there's a lot of him not knowing if he's actually turning into a werewolf and no one believing it, obviously, because it's a werewolf. So there was some ambiguity in Cat People, too. Yeah, and that and those two movies get compared a lot because yeah. they're very similar. And we, I think we did Cat People as well. Yeah, we, yeah, we reviewed Cat People. If y'all haven't seen the old original Cat People, you should see I love Cat People. That's just lesbian as hell. That's Jacques Tornori, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a good flick. Yeah, I really like that yeah. one a lot. But, um, or, and Val Luton, I think, was, like, the yeah. producer on that. Yeah. yeah. So, if you, yeah, if you like kind of were-creature kind of movies. Not really a monster movie, though. Kind, not, no, not really. Weird, weird psycho thriller. Yeah. Uh, with hot lesbians in it. Yeah. Basically. And if it, it, it fucking, it's They good. got away with a lot. Got for, away with a lot, but you, you could tell that's what it was. For the 1940s. Through the modern eye. I'm not sure if, if they did back in the 30s know what they were talking about. Well, Cat People was 40s. 40s. So, so yeah. Would, so, yeah, that's right, for, But it was lesbians. Yeah. That was just one element of it. Honestly, I kind of feel like Cat People and The Wolfman, they both have very strong elements of noir. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's almost like they're, I mean, the Wolfman, I think, is more like a monster movie because he does actually, like, turn into a werewolf and, like, run around and kill people and shit. Um, whereas Cat People, like I said, there was a lot more ambiguity there. Yeah. But, so it was less a monster movie. But I do think both of them, uh, probably Cat People more than this one. I kind of feel like Cat People is, like, super What was hard. cool about Cat People is that they invented a, a monster and a lore out of nothing, for, as far as I was concerned. I don't think, I believe that they made that monster up. Well, wear, yeah. Wear cats. Wear leopards. Yeah, she just turned into like a leopard every a, time a she panther. got sexually yeah. aroused. Yeah. And then she had to kill somebody to turn back. Scandalous. It's a wild shit. But yeah, I think uh, the thing that a lot of people relate to about this movie is that Lon Chaney's character, while well, you said, I had forgotten how, um, how, uh, stalkery, I don't know if I want to go too far in that direction, but he, he's kind of stalkery. He's like kind of, uh, sexually aggressive. Let's put it that way. Even from the beginning, like before he gets bit yeah. by a werewolf. Because I want to kind of get into that too. But, um, <laughs> so I had forgotten about that. But a lot of people, like, find him a very sympathetic monster because he doesn't do anything to deserve what happens to him. Like, it's just circumstance. He got bit. Yeah, he just got bit by, and he, and I will add, he got bit by a werewolf in the course of protecting someone else. Yeah. trying to protect someone because she gets killed, but um, trying to protect someone else from getting killed by a werewolf. And he jumps in, and then he gets bit by the werewolf and then starts turning into a werewolf, and, like, no one believes him. And it's interesting because I was thinking this while I was watching it. I was like, his character gets gaslighted the fuck out of, which they don't usually do to male characters. Yeah. And I thought that was, like, really interesting. That was kind of going back to the whole psychological angle that Kurt Siadmak yeah. was into, where, because he was talking more, he, he wanted to get play more with the idea of, like, like medical or psychological lycanthropy. People that, you know, they don't obviously, like, turn into wolves, but they think that they do. Yeah. My take on that angle of it is that the story was telling you that he was a Chad... You know, he, he was a Chad. Um, he wasn't a fucking, um, you know, simpy guy or anything. He became a, a werewolf, but it really wasn't his fault. Just because he was a Chad didn't necessarily mean that he deserved the, any of this. So yeah, he I didn't, think, but so yeah. I think, I think that was the, I think that's where they were trying to get the sympathy from. Because maybe they figured a lot of guys in the audience would recognize with that, would recognize that. Right, yeah. Yeah, he's trying to get laid too. You know what I mean? And then, <laughs> Just like you. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get laid just like me. And then all of a sudden he gets bit by a werewolf and fucking man, they'd fuck him over. And then the world turns against him. And it, and normally, probably because, I don't know if this is pre-Hayes Code or what. No, I think this was after. after when was okay. the, the Hayes Code? Hayes Code, evildoers had to be punished in the stories. Yeah, they couldn't get away with shit. So it could be that that was one of the, they were fulfilling it. Like this, the main character is the monster. He was the evildoer and he kind of became a, vet, a werewolf and that was his punishment. But the evil doing was just, he was, he was a womanizer. Trying to get in women's pants. Well, just but this I, one specific just one, woman. Yeah, but you know, they lead you to believe that he was kind of like a serial, you know, he was, he was a regular dude, regular dude, <laughs> trying to change He's a player. It. Yeah, he's a player. And, um, you know, and then he ended up on double dates with a woman. She, you know, she wasn't even she, a double date. It was, a, yeah, I want to get into that. Date you, and then she brings her friend for security. He's like, <laughs> that what? Kind of he's like, okay, all right, two, 
two. Two for <laughs> the like, price of one. All right, I'll, okay, I'll work with it. You know? Although he was bummed out, though, because he yeah. was. Well, let's say, okay. I think a lot of guys would have mentally flipped that, though, in the audience of those uh, days. Oh, all right. That's how like, that's Okay, yeah, go. two. All right, I can two, accept that. that's good. Then, <laughs> so I think, I think you know, because I was trying to put myself in the, in, 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 in the shoes of a dude in the 40s, a young guy in the 40s, right. how he's going to interpret this. So I think that was a way of fulfilling the Hayes Code requirements, but they did it. But they were subtly saying that the dude didn't deserve it. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Because he still does right. come across as a sympathetic character, yeah, yeah. even though I had forgotten how much of selling point to the fucking people. Right. Oh, he was an evil doer. He's punished. Because I had yeah. forgotten how much of like kind of a creep he was at the beginning. Yeah, he's creep. Well, he was. He he was he. Was, I was kind. Was I was shocked, he, actually. I kind of forgot about. And well, I was willing to give the movie some slack because I was like, "Yeah, it's the 1940s, and yeah. that was in a lot of movies back then. Like yeah. the guys were like really persistent, yeah, uh, and they're and pushy and shit like yeah. that. Whereas nowadays, people would be like, "Bro, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's stalker behavior." But like back then, it wasn't as back then it was kind problematic, of like, I guess. Yeah, because uh, it's just like you know, if you grew up in a Latin culture, you know, with Catholicism, the women are supposed to say no to you. They don't really mean no. They just say no so they can fulfill their honor requirements. If they mean no, they slap you. That's, <laughs> that's what that means. That's real no. It's, there's different kinds of no. So I, that, I think it was more standard back then. A woman was supposed to be demure, and a guy was supposed to pr- right. chase after him. Yeah, and if, I think if that he was, was available definitely. And they were available. Because you see that right. in a lot of movies. Right. But here's the but thing what I think they're leaving out, and the modern audience doesn't pick up. Is that even in, in Latin cultures, the dudes that pursue the women, they pursue because the women gave a signal. There's yeah. a subtle signal that she gives that she's interested. So then the pursuit starts. But he knows he's going to go through this ritual of, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no. But then they make out, oh, stop, that's enough. You know, that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah that's just probably out of style now, but it was like that back in the 80s in, in Brazil easily. Well, I think it was kind of like that here, probably, yeah. I don't know, probably up until the 60s. Yeah, yeah. If the woman didn't resist you, and call you at the same time, then she was a hub. Yeah. She was, you know what I mean? She had to say no and yes simultaneously. Because what, what actually, because like I said, I hadn't seen this in a life, probably since I was a, a kid or a teenager. And so what happens in this is that, so Lon Chaney's character, Larry Talbot, he's been away in America for 18 years. Like I said, this is taking place in Wales, even though everybody, most people sound like Americans, except for Claude Rains. So he comes back to his ancestral mansion thing. Because like I said, his dad is a lord or a sir or something, whatever. And so he comes back to kind of take over the family business, whatever it is, um, because his older brother has died in a hunting accident. They never really elaborate on that or anything. But so he comes back. He's been away a long time. You can tell there's some tension between him and the dad um, because... I was reading one review that said, you know, these landed gentry and everything, they always do that thing. And there's a th- there's a word for it. It's called an heir and a spare. Um, so the older brother was obviously the heir, but he's dead now. So now the spare has to take over. So there's a little bit of resentment because the younger son, like, knew that he was just like, oh, I'm just, like, the leftover. You know what I mean? So he comes back. So he's working on his dad's, because his dad's got an observatory, because, you know, as, as one does. And he's working on his dad's telescope. And when he's looking through the telescope, like to test the lens or whatever the fuck he did, he sees a you know a young woman in the 
window, like of the antique shop, like but upstairs, like across. And he's just like, all right, you know, she's not naked or anything like that. She was just like getting dressed and be like, oh, I look pretty and stuff. So, okay, fine. Like I said, he's not washing her undress. You know, to be fair, her curtains were open, but whatever. So he decides like immediately, I'm going to go over to this antique shop and see what I can see. So he goes right over there. On a meter, yeah. Yeah, and to go over there and meet her, because he was like, Wa-a-uga, you know what I mean? So he goes in there, and I thought, see, okay, I thought this was a little creepy. But she's hot. She's, she's she hot. is super hot, she's yeah. Hot, yeah. Yeah, she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Um, what is her name? Uh, Evelyn Anchors, that's yeah. her name. Um, so yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah, 40s movie stars, man, they had it going. I mean, going. the glamour. Yeah, glamour. Fantastic. Glamour. I love that the fucking hair, look. The hair, the makeup, yeah, the clothes. Everything. just gorgeous. Everything is, like, immaculate. yeah. So he goes over there, and this is how, and he gets a little, he, he's like a little close, you know what I mean? He's like kind of fogging up on her a little bit. So he's like, yeah, I'm looking for a pair of earrings for somebody, like a gift for somebody. That's how, that's the ruse <laughs> that he's using. And she pulls out a bunch, oh, we have this and that and the other. She's like, I don't really like any of those. Uh, do you have any that are like a, like half moon with like spangles on them? And she's like, no, we don't have anything like that. And then he says, oh, but you do, upstairs in your bedroom. And I'm like, whoa, what? Like, if some dude came in a shop and, like, said that to me, I'd be like, get the fuck out or I'm calling the police. But she didn't do that. And he doesn't tell her until much later that he saw her through the telescope, which, again, is still creepy. He tells her that he's psychic. That's what he says. Mm -hmm. And that he knew about the earrings and everything like that. But I think if somebody... I mean, wouldn't you be weird? I mean, I know you're not a chick, but it's like, wouldn't you be weirded out if some dude came in a store and said... You know, I know you have a pair like that because I just saw them on your dressing table in your bedroom. I'm going to say typical male behavior. I'm like, typical, that, typical that, male behavior. I'm sorry, that is a threat. That is a threat. <laughs> a dude's going to do that, baby. I know all about you, baby. I had a dream. <laughs> That's what Fellowship. I mean. That, you know? that is a fucking threat. It's just because sometimes and, I can fucking And do this, it's but. not even, so, and she's clearly very uncomfortable by this information. I think he was trying to make her fucking, he was trying to seem, you know, spooky. I, he and did seem like he was trying to, yeah. and like I said, I don't know because it's yeah. like I wasn't alive in the 40s, so I don't really know what the vibe was, man, but it's just kind of like, to me, well, uh, they yeah. they had all them swamis and all that, you know what I mean? He's right. just like he was a man of fucking, you know, psychic ability. Yeah. You know, you know, <laughs> I guess. Getting her pants. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think he was that serious about it. Either. I guess, but it's like, so he's like, okay, well, I'm not going to buy any fucking earrings. He's like, so, oh, well, but just buy one of these canes, and this like one has a wolf head on it and everything like that. And so he buys this cane which is used later on for various things. And when he buys it, like, <laughs> there's this whole thing where he's like, oh, well, I'll use it tonight when you come and take a walk with me. And she very clearly, this is all, she goes, no. Yeah. She just goes, no, very clearly. Oh, yeah. well, I'll pick you up at eight. No. Yeah. And then he just, and then he shows up anyway. Yeah. And then he shows up anyway. Yeah. And she comes out and she's like, oh, I'm bringing my friend Jenny with us. Not yeah. me. Obviously, because yeah. I wasn't alive in 1941. So she expected him. I guess so, but it's well, yeah, because he, like I said, he was very they were pers- doing a dance. very persistent. They were doing the they were doing the monkey dance. I will note though that so yeah. they take this the third wheel with them because she's like, I'm bringing my friend along, like yeah. for security you know, for cock blocking purposes yeah, yeah. and um <laughs> for security. Yeah. I would have brought a big dude along. So um, it's like, hey, can I bring my boyfriend? Yeah, it would have been like that. But um, out on this walk, since I already said Back no. Back in the forties, if you saw a woman <laughs> and she was hot, she belonged to you. you I mean, it, clearly, that's what, that that's what I'm saying. Oh, I got. I you. had just forgotten how blatant it was. I got you in a lot of these movies. I'm guaranteed. And well, it was okay, and, but that's not the kicker, though. The kicker is yeah. so they go out on a date, 
they go to let's go get our fortunes read in the middle of the foggy woods because that's apparently where the where the gypsies have set up so they go in there jenny goes in first to get her fortune read and they fucking leave her there they're just like oh well let's go be alone like over here in the woods and i'm just like and they fucking leave her there and indirectly cause her to get killed because she gets attacked by the werewolf so that happens then the kicker is like all of the people in the um in the village they find out about this and they're like hey you got her killed which kind of they did because they just left her um i'm not saying she wouldn't have died anyway i'm just saying they were kind of indirectly responsible but then you find out later on that that bitch that that woman is engaged and she's going out with some random ass dude she just met yeah yeah and so everybody and there was kind of they don't say this outright because it's 1941 but when jenny's mom comes to the antique shop and like because i guess um her like dad owned the antique shop or whatever like whatever that character's name was what was her name shit now i can't remember remember. gwen gwen that's right so um so gwen's dad owns the antique shop and all the ladies like jenny's mom and all the old biddies like in the village they come in and be like one they got you know they got her killed they left her out there which like i said they kind of did and then it's like and she's engaged and she's out like by herself with this random man and they don't call her a hoe but they in in 1941 speak they were like oh that innocent face is just covering up a little and then they like interrupt you know what i mean so you could tell that they were being like that little harlot like running around with some dude that's not her fiance yeah so well he kind of insisted yeah i mean you know pushy motherfucker (laughs) he was a very pushy motherfucker yeah it all worked out though well it didn't really because well well, (laughs) i mean it worked out in the sense that well, when her real boyfriend showed up, he he was he, then he started to chill out. He was just remember they they were like kind of trying to be bros for a second. Well, so I felt like that whole scene where they were at like that carnival or whatever that yeah. was, and then um, he was like, I t- "I'm going to show him." I'm not. He was just a, he was a competing well, suitor. Yeah, he yeah. said that. Yeah. Um, he's like, "Oh, well, I just want to show you that I'm not jealous, yeah, so we'll yeah. go and talk to this Larry Talbot yeah. person." Yeah. But then the first thing that that other dude does is like, oh, we have to, like, do, like, this little shooting booth or whatever, yeah. like a competition. Yeah, yeah. So she could, like, so he's like, ha, I'm, a, I'm better than this motherfucker. So there was that. Typical. There was, like, a little, yeah, there was, like, a little dick Just comparing. Little, like a, they were chill. A little dick it, measuring contest. Yeah, it's, I, I think by today's standards, it, it seems kind of fucking, kind of primitive and and blocky and, and real pushy. Yeah, but I think what I think that was like kind of time compressed, and they're just trying yeah. to tell the audience that, yeah, he, she had competing suitors. Yeah, is what it, what it was. Even though, like I said, I guess technically she was already engaged, but they kind of mitigated well, you it. Could probably make a move on an engaged woman. That's not marriage. Yeah, that's and just because they're engaged doesn't mean they're actually dating. They're virgins. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so you could try to steal it. In the <laughs> You're thinking of it a fucking normal. I know. Modern. I know. Fucking, I know. No, they're both virgins. Yeah. Okay. Probably. And fucking the Lon Chaney character, you could tell he's not a virgin. He's too old to be a virgin. I mean, he's been around the fucking block, and he's and he's he's gaming on the women. You know, and he's sure. trying to get the hottest thing he can get. She's like what, twenty years younger than him. Probably, 15? I mean, maybe not. It's hard to tell. Like I said, he looks like people, a dude in his forties. I know, like people looked older back then. I'm actually yeah. not sure maybe how old 30, Lon. He might only been thirty five. I'm not sure how old Lon Chaney was. Yeah, she might only been when about he made 35, the Wolfman. He may have been thirty five, and she was probably about twenty. Yeah, maybe, or maybe slightly older. I'm not really sure though. She's probably she looked like she was still in her twenties. They got married around twenty. Very young, eighteen. She did look quite 20. young. She might have even been a late in her late. Te- might have been the character may have been supposed to be in her late teens. There's just no, you know, you can't. 
look at this through the modern perspective. But after he, but they kind of mitigate it, like I said, like when, like after he gets bit and like, and starts wolfing out, but like nobody believes it. But she seems to have like fallen in love with him because at the end when he comes back and he's like flipping out being like, I'm pretty sure I murdered some people, but I don't like remember doing it and I'm turning into a werewolf and shit like that. She was going to like run off with him. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, no, don't do that because I'll kill you too. Well, he's Lon Chaney Jr. Right. He's the main character. Of course she likes him more. Yeah. <laughs> and the, 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 her, her, her original suitor was a beta compared to fucking Lon Chaney. They always and, do that. They, and now and he's a werewolf, so he's even hotter. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what they're, that's how that, that the audience back then would have interpreted that. Sure. Show. Yeah. Or, and it was a mostly male audience, probably young male audience members you know <laughs> looking at this fucking thinking oh yeah i wish i was a werewolf you know that's probably what, what i kind of wish i was, was. just too. like there was a lot of that would be awesome young male co- dudes <laughs> fucking watching dracula they didn't want to be fucking mina's boyfriend they wanted to be fucking count dracula. <laughs> okay so did i yeah they it, it's not just count a boy dracula. thing they, they, yeah i wanted to be the living monster. vicariously through these fucking monsters that's true but yeah so the thing about this now i will note and I and I know probably why this was. There is a little bit of um, discontinuity, I guess, in the plot because what ends up happening is that you know when they go on this the cockblock date with the with the third wheel girl, that old cockblock, and she and she gets killed. Yeah. She gets killed by what appears to be a regular wolf, right? And then so Lon Chaney jumps in. And beats the wolf to death, which is pretty hardcore, with it with the cane that he bought. But then later, obviously, this wolf is a werewolf, and it was Bella Lugosi. So it turns back into a person, and so everybody's like, oh, you killed a person. You know what I mean? Like, you beat this person to death. But nobody blames him, really. They're all just kind of like, oh, you know, you... You saved him. Like, they think what probably happened was like, oh, she did get attacked by a wolf because they could tell that because it was wolf footprints and everything. But it's just like, oh, and then y'all both jumped in to save her and there was confusion and you accidentally beat yeah. a dude to death because that can happen. But um, but yeah, nobody really thought he was like a murderer murder, but he just kept like thinking about it. And then like the old gypsy lady who was actually like, you know, Bella Lugosi's mom. She did a great job. She's great. She's she my favorite great. character. She did a great job. She's fucking epic in this. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Maria Ouspenskaya, um, I think that's uh, how you pronounce it. The tone time. of this movie is not as dark as, say, uh, Dracula and, 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 and retro Dracula and retro Frankenstein, but it has its own tone. Yeah. Kind of, kind of relaxing in a weird way. It is kind it's of. kind of a, I don't want to say slow, but it, it is kind of slow. There's yeah. a lot of exposition. There's a lot of stuff in And it. in a modern take yeah. on it. I mean, I know they did do that one with Benicio Del Toro, which I actually liked. I think a lot of people didn't like it, but I kind of liked it. I haven't seen it in a while. You're supposed to be enjoying the acting and the dialogue and the, the set the sets. If they are sets, I was kind of convinced that those were real interiors. I mean, maybe shots. the interiors are. They look like real I know houses. the exteriors are. And, they're, and it's in these mansions with a bunch of fucking old-fashioned busts and fucking artwork. It, it's trying to give you a very gothic feel to it. Yeah. You know, it, it does. It, I think it achieved that. The transformations are not convincing by today's standards, but they're practical effects with using almost no technology, and they're classic. They're just classic. Okay, that's that's the Wolfman. Kind of laughable by today's standards, 
But that was the original Wolfman, and it's good yeah. to know where it came from. I mean, uh, this is where Howling came from. And fucking, what is it? Fucking, what's the one with the British guys? D- dog Soldiers. <coughs> dog Soldiers. And, you know, it came, they, you know. Great flick if you haven't seen yeah. that, by the way. And I want to re- I want to see Wolfen again. I was just, you know what, I was just thinking about that today because I was reading an article about, oh, the best uh, horror movies of the 80s, and a lot of people were like, why isn't Wolfen on this list? And I was like, I've been wanting to rewatch that. I think you can rent it for $1.99 on Amazon Prime. This one, actually, the tone, before, I didn't see the end, I fell asleep, like, the last... The end got real good. Yeah, I missed the best part of it. You missed all the good shit. I still want to see it again because I was enjoying the movie watching it. Um, And it was, the tonally... I would say American Werewolf in London fucking kind of captured the tone of this in certain in some ways. There's yeah. something about it where I kind of I was kind of respecting more American Werewolf in London. It did kind of I could I could I could see that it was an homage to this movie. Yeah, even yeah. though that one was a lot more comedic. Oh yeah, and it was but, a lot I mean, more modern like too. black comedy. Yeah, it was a lot more modern, but, but it, it did kind of capture that feeling of kind of a nostalgic comfort to the movie. Which this one was kind of comforting. Just no yeah. way to describe it. Like I said, I think nowadays they wouldn't have to do as much exposition yeah. because, yeah. you know, Lon Chaney's character is like, oh, I just came from America. I don't know anything about werewolves. So everybody yeah. have to, like, tell him about werewolves. They do the werewolf fucking poem five times. You get sick of it. Yeah, you I think, like, I think at least four people, like, told him that same thing. Yeah. And what was funny is that fucking <laughs> Conrad Lent from fucking Venom, also known as Kronos from the black metal band called Venom. In, in one of his songs, uh, uh, I, think, I think it's called something about werewolf or something, They you, he uses that. Yeah. That fucking poem. And he tells it, you know, in his fucking black metal voice, you know, satanic. And I didn't realize it came from that. Yeah. That and it's not. And it comes from this movie. That's not this like movie, an old yeah. poem or an yeah. old legend or nothing like that. Yeah. Um, Kurt Siadmak, uh, the guy that wrote this screenplay, um, he just came up with that. Yeah. Heavy metal Satanist shit. Heavy metal Satanism was directly out of fucking classic gothic horror. Yeah. Of right course. from the movies. Yeah. Well, and that's where they got Dante's their ideas Inferno. from. Yeah. And fucking Paradise Lost. It's directly out of that. The poem we're talking about, and I kind of feel yeah. like everybody knows this, uh, even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night yeah. may become a wolf when, when the wolf's bane blooms, blooms and the right. autumn moon is bright. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interestingly, this particular uh, movie, they didn't mention anything having to do with the full moon because it seemed he could just kind of turn into a wolf like whenever. And the gypsy woman, she could recite this other poem thing it wasn't really a poem it was just kind of like a thing that she recited and it would turn him back it was almost like yeah. a spell like turn him back into a human yeah. like she could do that because like i said it was her son was bella lugosi and he was the the werewolf too but interestingly this movie so this movie was really successful in 1941 so they made i believe four sequels to this um all of them starred lon cheney as the wolf man um even though spoiler alert he gets beat to death by his own dad at the end of this which is again pretty hardcore with the wolf cane um but he was brought back for four more sequels. But in the sequels, they use that same poem, but they change it to um, when the moon is full and bright instead yeah. of when the autumn moon is bright. So they can bring in the whole phase of the moon thing. Because in this one, it doesn't really... Nobody says anything about a full moon or nobody says anything about phases of the moon or anything like that. It just seems like he gets bit and then that night he just like wolfs out. 
You know what I mean? And then he wolfs out the next night and shit like that. So there's no like full moon. I don't. They don't mention anything about the full moon in this one. Um, now they do mention the you know the silver shit like silver bullet or like I said because the cane has like a silver tipped handle you can beat a werewolf to death with it you know and and several people do get I had forgotten how fucking I remembered that he died at the end but I didn't remember that his own dad beat him to death <laughs> and I was like that's that's pretty fucked up get another drink. it's pretty fucked up that ending. Oh yeah, so oh yeah, Jonesburg. Uh, yeah, I was about to, about to um, address that. Yeah, whatever happened with the OnlyFans page, we're gonna do. Uh, yeah, OnlyFans was too difficult to get on, so we went on uh, many vids instead, which is kind of like, which was much easier. So we put some videos on there, and we still do streamate. Um, we did it on, we did it like pretty much every day last week, and we're gonna go on uh, tomorrow again as well. And we have some videos on there too, but, uh, but yeah, so we are still doing it. It's just we d we couldn't get on. Uh, only fans. It was too much of a pain, so we gave up. We gave up. Many vids was much easier, much bleh, much easier. But yeah, so I don't know. Like I, I think that out of all, and I'm not being like uncharitable when I say this. I think out of all the classic Universal monster movies, I think this is probably my least favorite. Um, my favorite would probably be Bride of Frankenstein. Although I'm a big fan of The Mummy, too. I feel like The Mummy is really kind of like an underrated one. I love, love, love Boris Karloff in that. And I love the makeup in it and everything. This one is like, like I said, it's almost more like a psychological horror. Or more like a noir. Um, with like some monster movie stuff in there. Um, and I think that even though Jack Pierce did the makeup in this, just like he did on The Mummy, just like he did on Frankenstein... Um, the makeup in this one isn't, it's good, but it's not as good as those. You know what I'm saying? Because it's hard to, because like I said, there was some discontinuity because when Bella Lugosi supposedly turned into a werewolf, like it was an actual wolf. They don't really show it, but everybody says, oh, I just thought it was a regular wolf. It wasn't a dude. But then like when Lon Chaney, you know, gets bit by the werewolf and he turns into a werewolf, he obviously just looks like Lon Chaney, but like with werewolf makeup on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, they he, they had these, um... Like you said, he was walking around on tippy toes. Yeah. Those were like boots, kind of. They were cuts. That cut like that, and then they were covered with yak hair. Okay. And I was watching a documentary with Rick Baker, who obviously is like a more like a modern, um, uh, you know, makeup artist who did American Werewolf in London and all that. And uh, he said, yeah, mostly we still use yak hair, like for werewolf stuff and everything like that, because it's just like a really good coarse hair to use. But, you know, like I said, back then, it was 1941. They were still using lap dissolves. So that was pretty much... And this one doesn't have, like, a super big, like, transforma transformation scene. The first time he wolves out, they just show his legs, pretty much. Like, his feet, like, turning... Like, growing more hair and stuff. And then, like, the last transformation is just after he gets <laughs> beat to death by his own dad. I can't get past that. Um, he gets beat to death by his own dad. And then... Um, because his dad was kind of, like, ambivalent. He didn't really believe, like, he kind of thought that his son was losing his mind. Because he's like, dude, I'm, you know, turning into a werewolf. And he's like, no, you're not. You're just, you know, you just got mental problems or whatever. So I I think that he didn't believe it, but maybe deep down he kind of did believe it. So then when he saw it, like, after he killed him and then, like, the gypsy lady comes and, like, says the spell or whatever and he turns back into a person, like, that's kind of a trance. But they just kind of, like, show his face and it's, like, dissolves like him looking like more and more human and then his dad is just like shit you know what i mean the thing about it um like i said they made four sequels to this 
But weirdly, unlike most of the other Universal monsters, the other Wolfman movies, the sequels didn't have, weren't just focused on Wolfman. Like, all the sequels were, like, kind of Monster Mash type stuff. Like, the next one was, like, Frankenstein, had, like, Frankenstein in it, like, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman or whatever it was. Um, you know, and then, like, the other ones, like I said, had fucking Frankenstein and Dracula and shit like that in there. So it's like he didn't really have, you know, they didn't do Son of Wolfman. They didn't do anything like that like they did with some of the other monsters. They basically just did, you know, Wolfman standalone, and then they just did, like, Monster Mash type stuff that had the Wolfman in it. But Lon Chaney was in all of them. But because he got killed at the first one, they always had to, like, come up with, like, creative fucking ideas to, like, bring him back, you know what I mean? But... I think I think after a few movies though they're just like fuck it he's just coming back to life we're not explaining it <laughs> so I mean people talk about movies nowadays at least if you're making a sequel they at least try to make it internally consistent I think back then they didn't really care they were just kind of like well yeah but he died in the last one they're like we don't give a shit we don't have to explain he's just alive again just deal with it you know what I mean they didn't fucking explain it or nothing like that but. Um, oh, I forgot too that this one has the whole has the whole aspect of the pentagram being the symbol of werewolfery, which yeah, and it's not a real pentagram that they show either. No, it's just and, a star. Yeah, you know what's weird is that well, I saw another movie like that too where they said, oh, it's a pentagram. I'm like, not really. That's yeah. not what a pentagram looks like. It's that's just like a like a star like that. It's not a pentagram. But, um, but yeah, so they had that, and, like, when he got bit by the werewolf, like, it healed up, the bite healed, like, overnight, and then all that was left was, like, this little kind of thing that looked like a quote-unquote pentagram that really just looked like a star. And, um, also, there was another aspect where the werewolf would look at a person's hand, and if there was a pentagram in the palm of their hand, that was going to be the next victim, so, like, at the beginning, when Bella Lugosi, who was, you know, the fortune teller, and he looks at Jenny's palm, and he sees the pentagram there, so he flips out, because he's like, oh, shit, she's, like, the next victim, and I'm gonna kill her. And so he's like, go away, go away, get out of here. But she doesn't go fast enough, I guess. Um, Sebastian said, what about the Spanish Dracula? We actually did... Um, already did it. Yeah. yeah, we talked about the Spanish Dracula. It's better than, better than the American Dracula. I like it a little bit better. Other yeah. than Bela Lugosi, who is, like, fucking classic. Yeah. Um, but but I actually kind of like the Spanish Dracula a little yeah. bit better. And the Spanish, ver- the, Span- the Spanish actor that played the Spanish version of Dracula, I liked him, too. Yeah. I liked him, too. He had his own, uh, own spin on it. Yeah. yeah. Kind of more like Max Shrek. Like a mixture yeah. of Max Shrek and, and Bella. But um, Bella nails the character. He played that on fucking, you know, in, 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 I don't think it was Broadway, but he did it in plays for fucking yeah. a long, long time. And he had, Bella kind of fucking made a lot of the Dracula and vampire tropes that people think of when they think of a, of a vampire. Um, just because of his style. But the Spanish Dracula, the way it was shot and everything, how they made use of the of the special effects and how they made use of the sets was superior. It was a lot more interesting. The shot compositions were a lot more interesting. Yeah, a lot less static. More about Dracula's brides. Yeah, little scene was shown about that. It was longer. There was was like more in there. A little more detail. A little bit more vampire lore in it. Um, but the Spanish guy who plays Dracula 
He's good, man. I like him. Um, it, it's just, it's not Bella's take on it. It's just somebody else's take. I think he's, I think it's good. Yeah. The only thing that wasn't, the only scene that kind of let me down is the scene where Spanish Dracula smacks the fucking mirror out of the guy's hand. Oh he's yeah. The cane. It wasn't quite as cool as fucking Dracula's or as Bella's version of it. Yeah. But other than that. No, that's good. That's yeah. a better movie. Yeah, we did. A, we had like a long discussion about that yeah. because I think we we Got might have review on we here. might have done them like on su- successive days or successive weeks. We did the Bela Lugosi Dracula and then we did the Spanish Dracula like real yeah. in close succession because we were doing all the Universal movie monster movies. But like I said, we hadn't done this one, and so I was like glad that it came up on Amazon Prime because I was like, oh yeah, I've been wanting to do this one because we kind of forgot about it, and I you know. I don't think I've ever seen any of the sequels. Like I said, I've seen this one when I was a kid, but I don't remember. I might have seen Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, but I don't remember that much about it. Like, I remember Boris Karloff was in either the next one or the one after that, like, playing Dr. Frankenstein. He wasn't playing the monster. I kind of feel like, who played the monster? Did Bela Lugosi play the monster in one of those? I don't know. I kind of feel like he might have. But, yeah, that, so they kind of did a whole thing where, you know, he gets brought back to life and uh, and then him and Frankenstein's monster, like, have a big, like, wrestling match at the end, which is actually kind of epic. Like, I saw, like, a fucking, I saw a clip of it. But, yeah, like I said, this isn't my favorite of the Universal Monster movies, but it's still, like, a really good one. I mean, there's a reason why all of these are classics. But you have to kind of approach it as it's not... Like I said, it's not as dark. It's almost more... It's really more of a psychological horror movie. Because that's what they... That's what he intended it to be. That's what the writer intended it to be. Like, it wasn't going to be like a monster movie, monster movie. But, you know, of course the studio was like, no, we have to have him turn into a werewolf. You know what I mean? They knew their audience, I guess. So they do. But there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of screen time devoted to him being the wolfman. It's mostly him. So, like I said, there's a lot of um, exposition and there's, like, a lot of that kind of stuff more than, like, monster fisticuffs or whatever. But I, I kind of feel like maybe the, you know, the sequels went more in, like, a monster mash type direction. Probably why. Although this did well. You know, did well enough to have four fucking sequels to it in the 1940s. Which, I feel like by the time the 1940s came around... A lot of the Universal monsters, they were going... It was going more in a comedic direction. Yeah, I was going to say, Abbott and Costello... Yeah, like, Abbott and Costello got involved. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So they... So people started, like, thinking of them as less scary. And more, well, because, you know, World War II happened, and people saw this horror in real life. And they're looking at this and, like, and so they're seeing it as, like, that's not scary. Like, yeah. I've seen some really scary shit, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's just kind of like... So then it just became funny. But I feel like then, then it kind of went, like went downward, and then like fifties came along, and then it was kind of all like sci-fi, like big bug movies and radiation and all that. Carpenter came though. John Carpenter came and showed him some real horror with the thing, his version of the thing, and then yeah, they rejected. But that it. took a while. They yeah. rejected, <laughs> which bummed him out, man. Fuck, I think that mentally fucked up his, fucked him up, and fucked up his career. But e, you know, it came out at the same time E.T. came out, and E.T. kicked its ass, and uh, it got bad reviews pretty much. Because it was just too gross. Oh, it's just too much. And the fucking thing is a masterpiece. It is absolutely not too much. Yeah. It was just the perfect yeah. amount. Hard <laughs> to top that, even just today. Just the perfect amount. Even today, just the tone and just the idea, you know. 
I mean, easily one of my favorite yeah. horror movies of all time, yeah. not just of the 80s. Carpenter takes him just from a fucking very simple vegetable Frankenstein alien, takes it from that to went fucking Lovecrafty and he made him a shagoth, basically is what that is. Essentially, yeah, yeah. pretty much. But yeah, so do we have anything else we would like to add no. about the Wolfman? Anything else you would like to talk about? Nothing. I sent the link to uh, our thing there. He asked for it. Yeah, that. Yeah, I, on many vids, it's yeah. I think it's thirteen k. Thirteen k got spelled out. Thirteen. And like I said on yeah. Streammate, it's Jen Tom Cam. Yeah, that's what I thought. It we was have said. some videos on there, but they're just me because he's not. But yeah. we do stream on edited. there. Yeah, but we do stream on there. Yeah. You know. But we didn't go on there today because yeah. we had other things. We got. A, we're setting up a. We have a Twitter set up, but we're gonna put a link tree on it and. We're gonna start promoting things kind of sideways, and um, promote some of the some of the other, other material that we do. But yeah, we have been doing things behind. Yeah, the we've scene. been too busy to do shit lately. You guys will find more about it later. Yeah, are we gonna are we gonna say about that on? No, not yet. Friday. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Like Friday. Maybe Friday. Yeah. Or Wednesday. Or that, or we make a video about it. Oh, do you want to do that? We could do that. Maybe, maybe we should do that. We'll now, just make a stream now everybody everybody's like mystified. Yeah, we'll make a stream about it. Well, do you want to do it after this one? You just like turn it off know, and start it. another one. <laughs> I don't know. No. No, you don't want to do that? No, surely. All right. Um, yeah, Joseph says, after Universal made monster movies funny, Hammer Studios made monster movies scary again. I know, yeah. right? And God bless them. God they bless also made them. them sexy. That too. Hammer put boobs in the movie. And ass. And you know how much Tom loves that. Damn. <laughs> and it's fucking hot British girls, man, with the occasional fucking hot German chick. Yeah, it was all the Carmilla hot, all the hot good. European lesbian car vampires with Carmilla and just dead fucking twins with titties, twins of evil, yeah, yeah, who ended up in Playboy later, copious down blouse, yeah, they're just and and it and those girls weren't just built; they could act. They were good. I I really liked Twins yeah, of Evil. We reviewed that a long time ago, and I and I think I joked on there. I said this should be called Down Blouse the movie. Down Blouse the movie. <laughs> You but, wish you were here. But movie. it's a good movie in its own right. You yeah. know what I mean? Everybody likes hot twins. Come on, yeah. how can you not love that? The British understood the power of titties. Fucking big time. I feel like they're a very titty-centric mm -hmm. culture. They like boobs. I and agree. And Tom can... Yeah, I agree. Tom loves boobs. Yeah, I love <laughs> I like booty, too. <laughs> I like big booty. <laughs> you like pretty much everything. Yeah, and like. everything's got to have its own style. Yeah. He just likes whatever. Yeah. As long as the expression is correct. Yeah. Different body styles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's he just likes it all. Probably. I like it all, but I have tendencies. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph also said, thanks for your review of The Void. You're welcome. Uh, I watched it last night. It was very good. Yeah, if you haven't seen, I did a, I put it up um, a day or two ago. And um, this was actually my second watch of it. And if you haven't seen, if you're into, like, Lovecraftian type of stuff, and if you like 80s horror, like, you know, John Carpenter or you know, anything like that, um, and if you haven't seen The Void from 2016, you should definitely check that out because it's very, it's very, uh, very much like a John Carpenter movie. And it has, like, also has, like, Lovecraft, and, and all the um, practical effects in it are really, really good. It's, yes. like, super, super gory. Yeah, Sebastian, uh, we did Bone Tomahawk. Excellent flick. Yeah, we did. You did that. Oh, my God, I love Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, it's, like, most of the movies, I don't know. 
Every now and then y'all recommend the one that we haven't yeah. done, but we've done so many. It's just like, it's hard to remember. If you want to see a newer movie that'll remind you of John Carpenter when he was at his fucking best, go see VFW. Great fucking movie. Yeah, we reviewed that one too. We reviewed that one, yeah. I feel like there's kind of a, t you know, there, there's there been a lot of um, filmmakers that are coming out now that were really inspired by, even if they weren't born then, that were really yeah. inspired by John Carpenter and like 80s movies in particular. So there's a lot of really good throwback type of movies. Like I've seen a ton of them that were really good like that, that you could tell were homage or were set in the eighties or were homaging yeah. the eighties. Like some, I'm trying to think of like some good, there was a good one called beyond the gates. I don't think you saw it, but I saw it. Um, that was really good. And it had Barbara Crampton in it too. Yeah. She's still cute. Yeah. She's she hot as shit. Still held together. Yeah. She looks, yeah, I'm on, I'm on her uh, Instagram. Yeah. She's still cute. And, um, she's what? 60 something. She's gotta be. Yeah. I would think. Well, look at Cassandra Peterson. She's 70, I think 70-something. 70 73. Yeah. She's still fucking real good looking. Kept up with herself. Yeah. Joseph said, I looked up The Void on IMDb. They recommended a movie called The Endless. That one is also great. Um, I haven't. I don't think I've reviewed that one, but I've seen it. That is also very Lovecraftian. It's love, it, it has like a Lovecraftian thing, but it's also like... Um, has a cult, like a scary cult kind of thing going on with it too, which I guess The Void does as well. But um, but yeah, that one is also great, so I'd also recommend that one. I just haven't reviewed that one yet, but I have seen it. Um, Let me see. Do, do, do. Yes, Sebastian said it was a good review. Thank you very much. What was a good review? This one? The, no, the one that I did, um, okay. that I put up the other day. The next one I should do, I have to do a book review. I haven't finished the book I'm reading yet, but somebody did send me an ARC of like a novella, so I might do that one first. We'll see. Yeah, Joseph said The Endless is on Tubi. Yeah, I, re I really like that movie. I really like that movie. So, I mean, if you haven't seen it, like, watch it and tell me what you thought of it, because I really like it. I kind of want to rewatch re it, actually. I had a good time rewatching The Void, because I hadn't seen it for a few years. But, yeah. All right, so, are we ready yeah. to wrap it up? Okay, so come back on Wednesday night for our main show. And this was a recommendation by one of y'all, and I put it in the poll... And it won quite handily. So we're going to be talking about Princess Diana's death, okay. conspiracy theories. Okay, yeah. That's what we're going to be talking All about right. on Wednesday night okay. show. So we're that should be, uh, Princess again, Di. yeah, Princess Di. So I've been watching documentaries about that like earlier today. So that's what we're going to do on Wednesday. So hopefully you guys can join us for that. And thank you for coming and hanging out with us this Monday evening. We will see you guys again on Wednesday.